0: And welcome to episode 173 of 40 Going on 14.
1: I am Mike. I am Patrick. I'm Joel. And I'm Josh, and I'm looking forward to this episode because we never talk about media that gets remade in the modern era on this show.
0: I know, right? Is he being snarky? Maybe. Maybe. All right. We are talking about the remakes that we want versus the remakes that we get.
1: Yeah. <laughs> We'll be going uh, back through different forms of media that never got a remake, but we think probably should. Mm -hmm. And then uh, we'll be looking at remakes coming up in the next year or two.
2: Yeah.
0: So
1: there you go.
2: Remake a palooza. Not that. Or not. Or not. No, it's something else entirely.
0: Yeah. What? You need more broccoli. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. Um, He does. So if. You're,
2: if you'd like more broccoli, yeah, eating bro- if you're <laughs> eating broccoli at noon on <laughs> Saturday, did it again. Yeah.
0: I got nothing. <laughs> it's, it's becoming it's becoming a goal now to have absolutely no no handoff to Josh for this, um, right? So, it's like,
1: if you'd like references that are completely out of context, you should check out the Podcast Collective, <laughs> where you can find such shows as the Bad Parenting Podcast, On the Block, No Hope for Humanity, The Coffin Joe Cast, Joel's Own, The Sunshine Happy Pants Hour. Dating Baggage, The Internet, with Scott the Pool Boy, I Am Salt Lake, Minton Boxcast, Tales from the Hard Side, The Dog and Deuce Show, Empty Ramp Podcast, The Portland Beer Club Podcast, and of course, The Rad Dad Radio Hour. Right on. And if you're listening to uh, stuff on
0: Saturdays, switch over to Geek Life Radio, 12 noon on Saturday. Hear us, hear our, hear our shows, hear our things. Yeah, what? Things that we do at noon <laughs> on Saturdays.
2: You just kind of wound down there. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm getting ready for old age. be the. Old, I'm going to be the old man who starts off yelling and then mumbles to himself until he falls asleep. <laughs>
2: and
1: anyway, you wake up and you start right back. And... <laughs> I,
0: I chased that guy for dickety two miles.
1: Of course, you can hear our archives on iTunes, Blueberry, Stitcher, Shoe, and uh, Google Play Podcasts. Yes. And if you'd like to give us a call.
0: Find us at 708 Now Rap. That's 708-669-9727. And we have a voicemail. Ooh, Yay! From someone. Ooh. Let's let's see how this goes.
3: Someone. Ooh. Hey guys, Justin Portland here. Uh just wrapping up the episode uh, your Star Wars episode. Um, I fortunately have never endured the pain of the uh, the holiday or Christmas special, whatever it is. And after listening to you guys talk about it, I don't think I will ever attempt to endure that pain. I think I'll just let that one set aside. Uh, I did probably get to see Rogue One on New Year's weekend. That was cool. I liked it. It was a pretty decent movie. Um, There were a few things that I kind of took issue with. They weren't anything major. I was kind of like on the... Well, basically the same thing of Josh. But I did have one major question. So if the the, uh, Empire is supposedly so big and, and it has enough money to build a fucking Death Star and stuff like that. Why in the hell are like, all of their trade secrets, all their special data plans and whatnot, stored on basically what looked like uh, quantum Bigfoot hard drives to me? Uh, I know I'm getting kind here, but anybody who's done any type of IT work whatsoever should know what a quantum Bigfoot hard drive was and why you would never, ever, ever Put any type of data on it, sensitive or otherwise. Uh, if you guys don't know what that is, give it a quick Google search, and then hopefully we'll give you a chuckle because it just doesn't make
2: sense to me that you know plans for something as important as the Death Star would be on such a piece of shit drive as a quantum Bigfoot. Or like a psych.
3: Anywho, so. I just wanted to call in and uh, give you a little bit of feedback on that. And as always, we love the show, love what you guys do. Uh, thank you for always finding new and creative ways to promote the podcast collective. I look forward to every week figuring out how you guys are going to toss that over to Josh, and then what he's going to do to try, what you to to say something about the network. So, thank you again for being a part of it. And, uh, continuing, continue doing what you do. Bye.
1: Yeah, Justin. Sorry about this
4: week. <laughs> <laughs> well, keep in mind that on that Bigfoot hard drive, that uh, it, it wasn't the empire that put it there necessarily. That was that was all Mads Mickelson. Yeah, but it.
0: I think I think he's talking about like when they went into the tower that had all the they had to use the big grabby hand thing, right? Those yeah, I think in those individual hard drives is where all the info was stored. But
1: yeah, because that is the one spot that he knew they could get to that uh, the Empire would be keeping a copy. In theory, there are other copies elsewhere, but he doesn't necessarily know where they are, or they're in spots that there's no freaking way you get to and get out alive. Yes.
0: I mean, it, it, I think it was more they needed a cool climbing escape scene. Yeah, which was well. That all
2: the, the, the being on the top, you know, railing area was explained by the fact that that was the only way they could do it without drawing attention.
1: Yeah, and it's also very, very difficult to suss out which parts of that final sequence in particular were demanded by the reshoots, because uh, so many of the scenes were shot three or four different ways, and they just cut together the ones they liked the best. Yeah.
2: Not to mention, you know, without that whole setup, we wouldn't have got the ads on the beach and the whole, you know, storming the beach with stormtroopers scene, which was awesome.
1: So. Yes,
0: and if you've ever worked for a large corporation, <clears throat> they do stupid shit.
2: Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah why isn't
2: flow bureaucratically in a logical sense?
1: Yeah, why isn't this just on a flash drive? Well, yeah. we didn't put flash drives in the budget, but we got these laying around. <laughs> <laughs> and the guy we can't fire because he's been here so long only knows how to use these old ones <laughs> when the <laughs> tenure pitches you know
2: how much it would cost to retroactively make everything work to yep. so these new fangled whatevers Whatever. yeah thinking
1: about it the confluence of IT and government bureaucracy actually makes their use of those drives make a little bit more sense Hmm. Yeah,
2: if there, there's nothing that, that Palpatine loves more than bureaucracy
0: that's right Except for orange And robes. And electricity coming out of the Stuffed his- with orange-sicles. A giant orange wearing a robe.
2: And heating up his pot hot pockets with his electricity from his hands.
1: Hot pockets.
0: And that's about that time. Oh, God, is it ever.
5: <laughs> this week in... Music. Movies. And TV. <laughs>
4: The hell was that? <laughs> I, I remade it.
0: Oh, okay. Uh, there you go. I, so,
2: wait. so if 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 a Sith eats hot pockets, would they then be Sith pockets or Darth pockets? pockets? Which would they be? Sith pocket or Darth? Pocket? Patrick,
0: sit down and wait for sports. <laughs> <laughs> Brutal. <laughs> yeah. Boom. <Hot> <laughs> Roasted. <laughs> So this weekend, October 6, 2006, the release of The Departed, the best you remake shut up. we haven't covered. <laughs> yeah, The Departed <laughs> store called. They're missing you. Wait a minute. The yeah.
1: best remake we haven't covered? We've covered The Departed.
2: We covered Departed because we covered Martin Scorsese.
4: Fair enough. We, we, didn't, uh... we didn't
1: do a show for it. Okay, fair enough. Right.
4: We didn't do an Infernal and Fairs versus The Departed. Still have not seen it.
1: So good. Yeah, it's really awesome.
4: Yes. You thought you thought All that right. joke was good, too. I was say, so. uh,
1: you you go watch it now. We'll wait. All right. I'll be going. let will see in about six hours. <laughs> It'll be like two hours
2: just pause of nothing going on. We're just like...
0: And if you'd like that, go back and listen to the mime show. Joel, music.
4: <laughs> music, everybody does. All right. Uh, so the number one song is Sexy Back. Yup. By Justin Timberlake. <laughs> in the middle of its eight-week run at the top.
1: Oh, man. When this that song came out, it was immediately a guilty pleasure of mine. It's a fun song.
0: Yeah. Yep. That was on the uh, the opening music playlist that I made when I worked at Trader Joe's.
2: Justin Timberlake is the Steven Spielberg of music. He knows how to give people what's going to be a hit.
4: Yeah. It's a weird comparison.
0: I okay. Don't know. I'm bringing sexy back.
4: Yep. <laughs> well, I'm bringing ET back. <laughs> yep. On October 10th, Justin Hawkins, lead singer of the band The Darkness, announced he was leaving the band. More Not fun. quite a death.
2: No, there's plenty.
5: Don't worry.
4: <laughs> the liquidation of the bankrupt music store chain Tower Records begins on October 7th, after its assets are purchased by Great American Group. The last store closes its stores permanently on December 22nd.
1: And huh. nothing of value is lost. <laughs> uh.
4: <clears throat> I think it followed closely after Tape World closed. Tape World? Or that Tape World.
2: Is that where you could yeah. buy any kind of tape, like duct tape or scotch tape? or
4: Music tapes, huh? <laughs> 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 <don't>
2: <laughs> Thank that. you, Vinnie Bobberino. <laughs>
4: No, that's over here. You get those uh, music tapes over there. All right. After 25 years as an artist, Weird Al Yankovic finally gets his first top 10 hit with "White and Nerdy" on October 11th.
1: About free time. Video. Oh yeah, great song too. Well, uh, finally it, after it,
2: just, it was such a fun thing to watch him like when he found the news that he had a a number or a top 10 hit when he got that news and he got the plaque and everything.
0: Yeah, he's video. one of the guys. He's one of the celebrities out there that I actually root for.
2: Yeah, you've never heard anybody say anything bad about him.
0: That's that's one of my one of my compass things. Like when I'm talking to people, if you don't like the Muppets, fuck you. Yeah. If you don't like Weird Al Yankovic, fuck you. You know, it's like yeah, you, that's reasonable. Yeah, I mean, because honestly, if what I if, I think it was Pat that said, you know, you're getting old when you don't recognize the songs that Weird Al is covering in, anymore.
2: So no, that was somebody that
1: uh, left a voicemail for us.
0: Oh, okay, it's very true though. It is.
1: All right, moving on to movies. Tamara Janice Dobson was an African-American actress and fashion model who is best known for her title roles in the black exploitation films Cleopatra Jones and Cleopatra Jones and the Casino of Gold. Dobson was a fashion model for Vogue magazine, in addition to modeling for Essence magazine. She was also in TV commercials for Revlon, Fabergé, and Chanel. She is also recognized by the Guinness Book of World Records as the tallest leading lady in film, starring, standing 6'2. She died on October 2nd of complications from pneumonia and multiple sclerosis at the age of 59. Oh. Aww. That's too Yeah, young. I didn't know that.
2: And her, <clears throat> um, the character of Foxy Cleopatra, played by Beyonce in the Austin Powers movie, is modeled after the Cleopatra Jones.
4: Hmm. Classic
1: exploitation. Oh, yeah. Uh moving on, Tom Bell was an English actor on stage, film, and television until he died on October fourth.
2: I got it out of the way earlier
1: on that one. (laughs) I was gonna say nothing else happened. (laughs) Uh moving on. He was a dark he was dark haired and lean, and in his later years often played characters having a sinister side to their nature. In nineteen seventy-eight, he came to worldwide attention playing Adolf Eichmann in the Emmy winning TV. Emmy winning TV series Holocaust, and he received a BAFTA nomination for the series Out, in which he played a convicted armed robber. In the nineteen eighties and nineteen nineties, he appeared in several British films. Although he attended to issue live performances, his few stage appearances included a role in the nineteen seventy-nine UK premiere of Bent, opposite Ian McKellen. The play setting of homosexuals in love in a Nazi death camp was shocking. For many theater goers at the time And uncovered a previously little examined Area of Nazi brutality Bell played opposite Dame Helen Mirren In the series Prime Suspect For which he received his second BAFTA nomination
4: Wow The prequel to Rent
0: Joel, music's done, you can sit down
1: (laughs) (laughs) Got the broccoli
2: Mike is driving a, a, a very stern bus tonight. <laughs>
0: Mike, Mike, Mike was on a business trip and had to behave himself for the last two and a half days. So there was... Yeah. So,
1: All right. And movies released this week include the number one movie, The Departed, along with Employee of the Month... The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Beginning, The Grudge 2, and the acronym of the week, TPB TM, which, of course, is Tequila Penis Bath Too Much.
4: <laughs> <laughs> uh, swallow the worm.
0: Ooh. <laughs> nice tagline. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, we got be, a t-shirt there. <laughs> that would be Trailer Park Boys, the movie. There you go. Yeah. I have never watched that show.
2: You're not missing anything. Don't blame <gasps>
0: anybody.
4: Incredible. I love it all.
0: Ah, thank I've you. You've, you've made my decision now. for me, Joel.
4: Damn it! I've never <laughs> seen it, Mike. It's terrible. Don't watch it.
0: <laughs> all right. So, TV: the top shows in the land are American Idol, Dancing with the Stars, and CSI: Crime Scene Investigation.
1: There you I go. I fell asleep just listening to you say that.
0: Yeah, Miami. Is that is this before like all these the uh, spinoffs yes. came? So this was like the only one.
2: Yeah. Yep. This is the original one with uh, Gil Grissom and, uh, and uh, Sarah Seidel and so on and so forth. Okay.
0: October, October 11th? <laughs> uh, October 11th is the premiere of 30 Rock, a behind-the-scenes sitcom about the runnings of a live variety show starring Tina Fey, Alec Baldwin, and an ensemble cast.
2: So good.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, Tracy Morgan is Tracy Jordan. Yeah, so
2: I'm, no, I'm gonna need you to go home and feed my snake. <laughs> He's not feeling too good, so maybe you might have to rub his belly.
4: Is that your Tracy Morgan impersonation?
2: No, that was my, um, uh huh, my Woody Allen does Tracy uh-huh. Jordan as uh-huh. Morgan, uh huh, as seen on Star Wars,
1: <laughs> <Well> and seen. <laughs> <laughs> this
0: is sports is coming up, Pat. Soon you'll be able to talk. Uh, the other TV shows that de- debuted this week are Friday Night Lights, 1 vs. 100, and Dexter.
2: I have things to say. <laughs>
0: uh-huh. <laughs> Go ahead, Pat. Uh-huh.
2: I don't really have anything to say. I just wanted to talk. <laughs> oh, I love Dexter. I it, was, it was a ritual. My dad and I used to watch it every Sunday together when it was on.
0: I'm really glad that next statement was watch.
2: Right?
1: <laughs> we got our kill room ready. Yeah, I think I stopped watching it before it apparently got crappy.
2: Yeah, at the end of the end of season four is a good time to stop watching
0: it.
1: <gasps> you gotta mean,
2: everything else, you know, it's it's still good, but it, you know, especially the ending, it just it just continues to plummet.
0: Is John Lithgow still around in season four? That's what
2: I say. At the end of season four is 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 the last of of the Trinity Killer. Oh well, John Lithgow, and you know, if you if you stop watching it there, you know, and just kind of fill in your own blanks, it'd be better than what they filled in. To be honest with you.
1: Cool. Well, that's I what thought happen- it
2: would be. Yeah, go ahead. I'll Sorry, I uh, was just
1: me. making a nothing joke. Say, I'm filling in my own blanks right now.
2: <laughs> I mean, I could, I could spoil it right now. and talk about like the things I didn't like, but I mean, I, I could get we could get way too derailed. So
0: that's all right. All right. So uh, Jerry Belson was a writer, director, and producer of Hollywood films for over 40 years. Oh, <laughs> his writing credits include. Always, and Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Several episodes of The Dick Van Dyke Show and Gomer Pyle, USMC. During the early 1960s, he wrote TV sitcoms with writing partner Gary Marshall. Belson also helped produce The Drew Carey Show, The Norm Show, and The Tracy Ullman Show. Belson died in Los Angeles, California on October 10th after losing a battle with prostate cancer. Which is odd. Prostate cancer. Fight.
2: Most people don't die of prostate cancer. They usually die with prostate cancer. And right. it's very slow killing cancer.
1: And it's so common that you know past a certain age if you're a guy, you just have to keep an eye out for it.
0: Yep. Or a finger up for it. <laughs> yeah.
5: <You laughs>
1: as
2: as we all know, I've already had my first check.
4: Oh god. That wasn't even at the doctor.
2: If you don't believe me, just go back and listen to the Peter Pan show.
4: Please don't. <laughs> don't don't do that. <laughs>
2: That we was are contractually obligated exam. to bring up the Peter Pan show at least once a month.
4: Yes. That was a prostate exam in and of itself.
2: It really no. was. Yeah, it no. was definitely a shit show. Uh,
4: hey,
0: sports.
2: Uh, <laughs> sports. <coughs> that's me. On October 10th at the 2006 ICC championship, Sri Lanka beats Zimbabwe by 144 runs, 285 to 141. That is cricket.
1: I was going to oh. say, that's got
2: to be cricket. Um, so, yeah, cricket. There we go. Couldn't find anything real interesting to say, and that was all the info I could find about that. So.
4: It's beginning to look a lot like cricket. <laughs> what the
2: fuck? <laughs> Alrighty.
5: I approve. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Peter George Norman, an Australian track athlete who won the silver medal in the 200 meters at the 1968 Summer Olympics in Mexico City, is best known for being part of one of sports' most iconic moments. At the 1968 Olympics medal ceremony in which the other medal winners, John Carlos and Tommy Smith, made their famous black power raised fist gesture, Norman was the white, less publicly known athlete. While not engaging in the salute himself, Norman wore a badge on the podium in support of the Olympic Project for Human Rights. When Carlos told him of their intentions before the ceremony, he said he expected to see fear in Norman's eyes, but instead I saw love, he said. It was also Norman who suggested that Smith and Carlos share the black gloves used in their salute after Carlos left his pair in the Olympic village. This is the reason in the photograph one raised his right fist while the other raises his left.
1: Yeah. And Peter Norman was for a long time ostracized in his own country, just, just for wearing the badge and standing in solidarity with them.
2: You know what? I believe that for a long time, but after reading all this about him, by the way, he died this week. That's why he's in here. I forgot to sum that up, but, um, I believe that too, but I mean, according to the Wikipedia article I read about him, like everybody refutes that that ever happened. That just kind of became like an urban legend thing.
4: Really? Really? Wikipedia? Yeah. yeah.
2: But no, I mean, it it was. I mean, it it made sense because they 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 cited like six different ways that you know it's been shown to not actually have been true. Almost like a little mini Snopes article inside of the Wikipedia article.
1: That's really interesting. interesting.
2: Yeah, because I thought it was true too until I, like I said, until I was doing this tweet. Oh yeah, doing because I mean they talk about how like he wasn't invited back to any Olympics or anything. Well, the truth is he he declined to try out for the next Olympics because he was doing something else. I don't remember what. And then um he did try out for the Olympics after that, and he just didn't make the team.
1: Huh?
2: Yeah. So, I mean, it's always been seen as like a, a controversy where it really wasn't.
1: Yeah, I wonder if that's a story that was spread by his heirs in order to keep the story like sell a book, sell the story, et cetera.
2: Right, yeah, it's very possible.
1: Maybe maybe he off. was only ostracized by his family.
0: <laughs> no, I'm tossing that out. Yeah.
2: Anyway, there yeah, a will. very interesting story.
0: That right. was. And last.
2: Corey Fulton Lytle was an American professional right-handed pitcher for nine seasons with seven different teams in the major leagues. He was with the New York Yankees when he was killed on October 11th. A small cra- aircraft he owned crashed into a residential building in New York City while he was being trained to fly. That sucks. It killed him and one other teammate and the pilot that was training him. Hmm. Damn! They apparently caught a big gust of wind that just slammed them right into a into a residential condo building that was like thirty stories tall.
1: Damn! Yep. Well, I just uh, took a look at uh, the Peter George Norman thing, and it looks like that theory is correct. His nephew Matthew Norman. Uh, spread the story in this article on CNN saying as soon as he got home, he was hated. And his nephew directed a new film called Salute about Peter's life before and after the 68 Olympics.
2: So he wrote a whole movie based on a fabrication that he created.
1: Uh, Apparently, or at least his family created. Yeah. The whole uh, knee jerk, maybe his family made the story up so they could sell it seems to Mm -hmm. have been exactly correct. Yeah. It's kind of fucked up.
2: Always follow the money.
4: I think he also wrote the Amityville Horror.
2: (laughs) And he took the Bigfoot picture. Or not.
0: (laughs) All right. This weekend, Joel, closing music. All right. So all of us at one point or another have reached a point where we're like, hey, I really wish they would remake uh, Star Crash.
4: I'm part of that one,
0: aren't
1: you, Pat? Jesus Christ! I realized that, you know, sense, this show is a remake. Wait. Uh-huh. Yes. Uh, t- f- episode 18, we did a show called "The Future."
0: Ooh.
1: Which, where we were talking about remakes. It, it's not exactly the same format because we uh, we weren't talking about uh, stuff that never got remade that we wish. Would the way we're doing this first half, but yeah, I, I had no idea when we were talking about this as a topic that we'd sort of already done it a little different spin on it way back in episode 18. 18, and that just popped up on Facebook in the uh, on this day, the memories.
0: God bless it, show 18 that was a long time ago.
4: I okay. thought you just meant that we used to do this kind of stuff in college, so doing it in front of a mic is a remake. Well, in
0: college, you did it in front of a mic, also. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it was uh two years ago today when uh, Episode 18 came out. Wow. Oh, no, three years ago.
0: Yeah. I can match. Holy shit. All right. So, yeah, so we, we made a list of three or four of the shows or movies or, in some cases, video games that we would like to see remaked, remaked, remade. <laughs> <laughs> what just happened to Pat? <laughs> i don't know sounds like he laughing and then someone hit him with a ukulele <laughs> <laughs> again um but yeah we're looking looking what we would like to see remade and then for the second half of the show what we're going over is what we what we know is coming up so for the then for the things that i would love to see remade my first one max headroom so we have an uh ai helps his real life alter ego Reporter, I think it would translate well to a blogger now. Survive and expose the evils of corporate entities currently ruling the 15 minutes into the future dystopia. But I want it played by
4: Alan Tudyk. Oh, I thought you were going to say Matt Furrer is still alive. So,
0: Well, Matt <laughs> Furrer is still alive. But you no, know, I think I think Matt Furrer put him in as like a, a cameo or like the the wizened uh, reporter that was there before him. But I think Alan Tudyk would be a great Max
4: Headroom.
1: Yeah, that show could really quickly updated to the day get too real.
4: Yeah, <clears throat> I think uh, Mister Robot meets this because in that show about like computer hacker something.
0: Yeah, yes, it's yeah, it's worth watching. Yeah, Mister Robot is on my list, but yeah, it's like a, a Mister Robot with a little bit more of a humorous slant. Right. So I loved Max Headroom. Man,
4: I watched the heck out of that when it was on.
0: I think it only lasted like like one or two seasons. Sounds I mean, that's
4: right. I'd watch. I'd watch this. I mean, I, I like Tudyk. I've not seen Firefly yet, but I like him.
0: Now, what do you think about? Uh, wait, you haven't? Did you just say you haven't seen Firefly? Yeah, people know that. It's not a secret. Why am Let's I still see. talking to you?
1: <laughs> yeah, Max it was Patrick. It was Patrick that finally watched it. Max
0: Headroom lasted two seasons. You were right. Yes, fourteen episodes. But um, but yeah, uh, initially, you know, starring uh. Matt Furrier, but I think I think uh, Alan Tudyk would be a great Max Headroom. Well, you know well, you when think, oh, oh I
1: was I was just gonna say after seeing him in voice uh, doing voice work for Rogue One.
0: Oh yeah, I, and he's been doing a lot of
1: voice work. I don't know if you've seen
0: um, uh, Wreck It Ralph. He did the voice of the uh, Candy King in that one, also.
4: Well, you know the other thing you could do, you could have Furrer play the original Max Headroom, but you know. Um, Not that he's the same character, necessarily, but, like, they have flashbacks or clips or some sort of weird, like, he's wandering around the virtual reality or whatever, and he runs into him. So you could still have, like, a nod to the original series. That's the thing, So I remember, if I remember correctly,
0: the uh, Max Headroom came about after, like, Matt Furrer got involved or something happened with Matt Furrer in the the show that uh, caused him to wind up looking like him.
1: Yeah, I think that you could pretty easily just use some of that old cgi modeling so you wouldn't even have to worry about fruer's cameo being out of place with all the years he's put on
4: yeah right exactly because i mean <laughs> in this day and age it wouldn't be any trick at all so yeah i would watch i would totally check that out cool so after Pat- i finish Firefly apparently yeah you better
0: now so then patrick what's your first choice
2: i just want to say that i've never watched max headroom
4: why are we still friends
2: <laughs> I am shocked. <laughs> I mean, I'm familiar enough with him and the concept, but I never watched the show.
4: The show was actually,
0: for the time it came out, it w- it was really good. It was really, I mean, the con- I think it was a concept ahead of its time, personally.
4: Yeah, it was. It was a pretty high concept show, and I think that's probably why it didn't last as long because it was hard to maintain that.
0: Yeah. So, Pat, and it what- would seem
4: very pretty dated now, but anyway, yeah. Sorry, Pat.
0: Pat, what's your first choice? Uh, well, I
2: put down the fresh prince of bel-air i think it, it is ripe uh, right before we make and my with, idea
4: dwayne uh, johnson <clears throat> i'd watch that i think you broke pat
2: <laughs> as i was saying my idea who keeps fucking with the show notes
0: that's a terrible idea that's why would anybody <laughs> want to watch kidding, that
2: like, like might not be the best time to reformat everything while we're like in the middle of the show just gonna like, throw that out there so All
0: fresh right. prince of bel-air
2: Yes, I think this could be like the redemption for Jaden Smith, finally, um, that he so desperately needs. Uh, starring Jaden Smith as a spoiled, rotten kid from California who gets sent back to his Uncle Phil, who I think should be played by Snoop, to get in touch with reality and the struggle of a non-luxurious life.
4: Huh. So it's like a
1: reverse Fresh Prince. Yes. It's like the Fresh Prince from Bel-Air. Oh. oh.
4: Uh, Look at you with the words... But, uh, but, 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 but aha, and here you go. His dad could be played by Will Smith in the original character, tied together, kind of like Fuller House, but in reverse.
2: Well, yeah, he, I mean, his, he, he will probably be in the first episode like the other guys, you know, as his father, sending him back. He's like, you know, you, you're way too spoiled. I'm going to send you back to show you what, you know, what life was like for I mean, me when I was your age. Honestly,
0: so he'll God, in West that could, Philadelphia.
2: <laughs> exactly.
0: That could, that could honestly, you can make that into a reality show. <laughs> her, where they come by, they pick up Jaden Smith and they just drop him in places in the Batman
4: suit in the white Batman suit. No, but seriously, that's actually a really good concept. I I'm, I'm pretty impressed. That's I'd watch it. Yeah. I'd say it. I think I would too, if nothing else for nostalgia purposes. Wow.
1: Somebody on the phone.
0: Nice I, job, Pat. I would watch it just to see the looks on Snoop Dogg's face. When Jaden Smith started speaking. <laughs> so joel wow. what what's your first
4: choice uh, so far we got two so i'm gonna let you all down because i didn't get this in depth i just picked things out that i figured we could talk about but um i i think right now with the way things are and what they're starting to remake i think it's time for the dirty dozen mm. um and the I question agree more the question is though you know I, as you guys are taking on a more literal and realistic take with it is I started thinking about, you know, well, who would be a good director for this? And, and then, you know, a whole list of names come up, but then I started thinking, well, who are you going to cast in it? And of course, <laughs> Dwayne Johnson always comes to mind at first, but no. um And I don't know if you guys have any suggestions for people you'd like to see in it. Cause I'd love this movie. I own it on blue. Well, you gotta
2: be and... careful if you're trying to do this. Cause you want, you don't want to turn it into just like a, a ripoff of the expendables.
4: Right. And at the time you when it just
2: was... cast a whole bunch of known names, like I think it would almost be better if you got like, like, a couple of big names and like the rest of them would just be all nobodies.
1: Yeah, I'll launch some careers with this kind of thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Did you know that the, there um there was a sequel to it? Oh yeah. Return Star. of the Dirty Dozen. <laughs> right. No, no, no. The, the Dirty Dozen the Fatal Mission. Uh, there was I
4: think there was yeah, there was a, two movies and one TV movie, I think. Yeah,
0: this is the TV movie. Now, Patrick, I I'm calling these names out just cuz I know you're going to love it. Telly Savalas, Ernest Borgnine, Hunt yes. Block, Matthew Burton, Alex Cord, Heather Thomas, Eric Estrada, and Ernie oh, Hudson. And who? Eric Estrada and Ernie Hudson.
1: Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. I've, I've got it. You cast Terry Crews in all 12 roles. Just put him in different costumes. <laughs> I would watch that in a heartbeat. Oh, crap. We're going to get white girls. Um, That's the first and only place you go when I say Terry Crews. Shame.
4: Well, you know just what? Just,
2: it would have, it, it would, you would have to then change the name to The Dirty Crew.
4: That's another movie.
2: Right? Which would change everything.
4: But I mean, I was trying to think, like, because Ernest Borgnine, if you've or never... Or The
2: Dirty seen, Dozen colon Cruise Control. If you've never seen <laughs> nice.
0: it, one of those. <laughs> How are you so full of good ideas?
2: <laughs> weed,
0: man. Weed.
4: The, if you've never seen it, the only, one of the only two people that survive, and Ernest Borgnine is one of them, and that's why, of course, he carries on to the other films, but... I mean, you got to think, you got to have that anchor. So, who is your anchor character, actor that plays C- that role?
1: CGI Ernest
0: Borgnine. <laughs> I'm on it. I'm with it. I'm good. <laughs> oh, crap.
5: Oh, man. That would be
0: <laughs> and scene. I mean, uh, I'm not saying that's. I mean, I am totally down with more Ernest, Berg, Ernest Borgnine because. Remember, I
4: mean, oh it's Ernest Borgnine.
0: Remember, we had an autographed picture of Ernest Borgnine on our uh, dorm floor.
5: Mm-hmm.
2: Yes.
0: So more Ernest Borgnine. Ernest Borgnine, the breakfast cereal.
2: So who would be the who would be the main guy? I mm-hmm. think this would be one of those things where your tongue-in-cheek, you know, Dwayne the Rock Johnson comment would be good.
4: See, But then it's going <sighs> to turn into a uh, more of a. <clears throat> Like I said, a tongue in cheek, and the Dirty Dozen, as as much as it has its moments.
2: No, I think this could color? be his moment where he, like, you know, he he does the the Vin Diesel in Band of Brother or the Vin Diesel in Saving Private Ryan kind of thing where he does his serious role.
4: And there's there's moments of levity, but of course they're they're made by some of the the co stars rather than right than than Ernest Borgnine or oh. Lee Marvin.
2: Right, this could be his his movie where he shows his chops.
4: Yeah, so hey, wait, wait, wait. The, the, who, who was the,
0: uh, the leader of the group when, first uh, Tom
4: Hardy. Oh. 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 Yeah. Oh. Tom That's Hardy, a really, really
2: good idea. Oh, yeah. I like it.
4: Oh, what about, um,
2: and what was the name of the other guy that was in Warrior with him? Because he was really good. I'd like to see him in something else, too.
4: I wonder if, if, uh, if you had Guy Ritchie do this, if that would be too much. I think that would be good.
2: He could play the loose cannon, like explosives guy.
4: No, Guy Ritchie would direct <laughs> it.
2: Oh who? no, I'm thinking of Guy Pierce. Sorry.
4: Oh, okay. Uh, guy Pierce could be in it. I mean, they had some older gentlemen. Who was the
0: rapey guy in the original?
2: <laughs> that was that was wasn't that Savalas?
4: <laughs> was it? T- no, I'm not sure. Was it Tully Savalas or was it Charles no, Bronson? If
2: Charles- no, it, it, it was it was a big guy. It was um-
4: Charles Bronson was the tunnel rat. Are you thinking of James Coburn?
2: No, because it was a big bald guy. It was like it was the other big bald guy, not Savalas. Wait,
4: <laughs> Charles Bronson was the tunnel rat in The Great Escape. Oh, I'm getting them mixed up. Damn it! But Charles Bronson was in this, but he did. Yes. Yeah,
0: yeah. Because I'm, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of like putting a cast in my head. Like the okay, hear me out. With okay. the the there was one always one guy. Was it Ralph Long-tube. Meeker, the really squirrely guy? Uh, let's see.
4: Because like. Norman? It might have been Telly Savalas, because he. I think he it wrote, was
2: Telly Savalas. No, I, I okay. Because like the, the one scene where the girl's on the swing and he's like approaching her and everything. Yeah, was, I think it was Telly Savalas. Yeah. So there the, was a
0: really- the Lee Marvin role is played by Tom Hardy. I, uh, I'm trying to think, trying to think, because I I remember there's there's
4: one squirrely guy and I can't remember who it was. Well, Donald Sutherland was really young and. Are oh, you thinking of John Cassavetes? Maybe.
2: Oh yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly who he. Okay.
0: Hear me out on this one. John okay. Casvetti played that character, played by Macaulay Culkin. That'd be an interesting role for him. You
2: definitely want Macaulay Culkin getting
1: work.
0: Yeah, I do. I was going to
1: say, we've <laughs> looked ahead in the show notes.
0: Yeah, you've looked in the show notes. I mean, I've got him down are for you, something else, but...
1: Are you his agent?
0: I, no, trust me. I'm not.
4: <laughs> well, but what's funny is, is is in pretty much every film that we have on there, you could put Dwayne Johnson in it and it would probably be a hit, but... Um, Anyway, we should we should move on yeah, before we key. get too hung on casting all 12.
0: Yeah. Josh, what's your first?
1: Uh, I went with my first uh, a movie. Uh, I want to see the remake of Krull, the classic uh, sci-fi fantasy British oh. film. I, love uh, it. And I remember
2: seeing that movie in the theater as a kid and being very confused.
1: I think so.
0: I watched, oh, go ahead. I I watched that say, movie in on my second. living room as an adult and was very confused.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Do they, are they still going to have the giant throwing star thing? Oh, the glaive? The, yeah, to. That,
2: That's kind of the, the, one of the central tenets. It's like.
0: There's also one of
2: the first roles
0: for Liam Neeson. Yeah. <gasps> oh, my God. I have to change one of my answers. Uh oh. If you're redoing Crawl, we need to redo Beastmaster. Oh.
1: Yeah, I can see that. Mark's like still alive. We know
2: Tanya Roberts, though.
1: So but when you. I, oh go so Josh.
2: No, I was just gonna say, with no Tanya Roberts, how are you gonna, get
1: instead of going with like my dream casting on this? uh, it turns out that they've been trying to get this off the ground. Edgar Wright, who did Shaun of the Dead and all those films, he wants to do Crawl, oh. and uh, he had, They already had approached Kit Harington to do the lead and Chloe Grace Moretz. To play basically the, the princess who they're trying to save.
4: Kit Harrington is brain casting. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, he would yeah. be perfect in that role. Now it's
0: been a long time since I've seen it. Is this? I remember, recall my memory. This is the one that had the cyclops that only can see his death, and then the old man who has a handful of sand, and when he the sand runs through his fingers, he dies.
1: That sounds right. Yes. Okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah.
0: Totally. I'm down with that.
1: And in fact, they had talked about getting somebody uh, a name to play the Cyclops as well. And they were uh, talking to, uh, I think it was uh, Patrick Stewart for The Seer. Oh. DJ Qualls. Oh, uh, yeah, D- yeah, DJ Qualls. Really? <laughs> no, I-, I think he might actually be right on the Cyclops. Really? That was just a shot in the dark.
4: This movie seems like it needs Charles Dance in it, though, for some reason. I don't know
1: why. Oh, no, nope, not DJ Qualls. I just looked up who he was. <laughs> DJ Jazzy Jeff. But not professionals. Uh, and I know that they had talked about getting Batista in there for something for a part as well. He's all over the place these days. Uh, well, now that they've realized that not only is he a massive dude, he can kind of act. Yeah.
2: Well, and he yeah. sells
4: tickets. Yeah. People like him.
1: Yeah.
4: And they're scared of him.
2: People are actually starting to find out how these rustlers are actually pretty good actors. Cause <laughs> if, you can, if you can maintain a character with a broken rib, you can act.
4: <laughs> <laughs> if you can maintain character and get hit in the face with a chair. Yep. <laughs> All right. I, yeah. I haven't seen Kroll in probably uh, since the 80s, but I, I would, I would love to do a show on that if they do it. Cause I'd- I own the board game for Kroll.
5: <laughs> what?
2: Yeah. Ah.
4: Nerd alert.
2: He's a Crawlophile.
1: I well, I, I didn't go like to opening weekend to get the board game. It was uh, like a pickup from a garage sale or a flea market or something. But I totally owned it and totally played it.
0: I've I've got Crawl in a double pack that my brother got for me. That has <laughs> it has Crawl and it has a uh, Megaforce. Oh man, with Barry Boswick as Commander
4: Ace Hunter. <laughs> I have that movie uh on my uh flash drive to watch and I've been putting it off. I, I remember that one as a kid, I was like, dude.
0: Yeah. It was so bad. That's that spandex onesie that he was wearing. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> so all right. Kick back to the beginning. Now I change it up. Video game. I wanna see now Josh this is gonna be a conversation between me and you for a little while. Yeah, right? probably.
4: So Pat, how's the game?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I wanna see Vagrant Story remade. What is that? Just so I know what. Okay, it. Vagrant Story is a a PlayStation One JRPG. It's a Japanese RPG. It's got this uh, convoluted, super long plot. Back when they thought the more discs that you got in a game was awesome, was the better it was. So it's like a, I think it's a two disc game back at PS One times. Um, about overthrowing a rebellion, uh, getting a princess back. There's all this, you know, plot. Um, the cool thing about it was is that it was one of the first games that had like crafting in it. So you would get, uh, tomes and things from the enemies as you defeated them were able to craft new weapons from them. And they had like chain attack combos that you could actually, if you got all the slots in, in place, you could step into a combat and just continually do damage over and over again. Um, and the, the art was done by a guy named Hi- Hiroshi Minagawa. And he's known for doing the art direction on a bunch of Final Fantasy games, Ogre Battle, and a bunch of other games that I know Josh and I have played.
1: Yeah, I mean, one of the interesting things is though it's a Squaresoft, like Final Fantasy type RPG, it's one of the few on consoles that you're going to find that there are no shops to buy new weapons. There's no player interaction with NPCs. Mm-hmm. It, it's all about like modifying and making your weapons. Right.
4: Uh, I'm lo- looking at screen caps from it. It actually looks kind of cool.
0: It is. I, it's one of, one of the, um, well, you've seen my wall of video games, Joel. It's one of the ones yes. that I'm <laughs> very proud of manage- managing to get a hold of a uh, original copy of.
4: I really like the artwork, too.
0: Yeah, his his I mean outside of the gigantic bangs on the main guy, I could live without the antenna bangs, but um no, it's a it's it's good stuff. I mean, it's a great engaging story. The thing is right now it's like not too long ago, I you know, I I plugged my PS3 back in and it was just kind of like Ugh, the graphics just, I mean, back in in 2000, when it showed up, I could totally get behind the guys who look like they've been made out of a whole bunch of Legos. But with the advancement in video games and graphics and all that has reached a point where I'm, and now it's kind of cringy to me. <laughs> That's understandable. Yeah. So, Patrick, what else you got? You've got more games. <clears throat>
2: There was a game I used to play back in the day called Alone in the Dark. I'm sure you guys have heard about it. It was very popular.
4: They made a movie out of that. Right? Yes. Yeah. They yes, made sir, two of them, bad one.
2: And I definitely think that, that it could uh, hugely benefit from a remake.
1: And uh, that game, when uh, we were playing it, it, really, the day after you finish the game, it's really difficult to tell anyone about it. Because you're like, last night I beat Alone in the Dark. <laughs> Wait, I mean, last night I finished Alone in the Dark. God damn it!
0: <laughs> now, here's the thing, Pat. Alone in the Dark had a remake in 2008. Where? It did. And the problem was, it was buggy, terrible, and just awful.
2: So we could use another remake. Yes, it could. What I meant.
0: Yeah, it, um... Let's see, right now... It's got a two-star rating on Steam, Ew. and 2015, Alone in the Dark Illumination uh, came out. So it's the same character, it's the same... Uh, well, my fantasies
2: are all coming true.
0: Yeah, I know, except for the one with the cheerleader and the frozen turkey.
2: Mike, make that one come true, too. I You're
0: have kidding. the cheerleader, but she's frozen. <laughs> so, but no, the new one is called Alone in the Dark Illumination, and it's... Actually, pretty much alone in the dark against Cthulhu. Mm-hmm. So, but the problem is, it's got 178 reviews that are mostly negative. <laughs> so,
1: yeah, I had forgotten about that. I saw that on Pat's list, but uh, I, and as many of the games in the series as I played, I had forgotten that they actually re- did remake Alone in the Dark, and it was fucking awful.
0: Yeah, and it, and so it is you, terrible because a
2: remake. I would still stick by that then.
1: Well, I mean, because there was Alone
0: in the Dark, and then in 1992, which is the one that we probably started playing uh, back then, and then in '93 <laughs> there was the aptly named Jack in the Dark. Nothing. I don't. I don't believe you. <sighs> I'll. I'll bite. <laughs> it's a game made during the Alone in the Dark two production. Jack in the Dark was a promotional game distributed in Christmas in 1993 by Jack in the Box. Fast food places. Oh shit! I hit my mic. Um. <laughs> uh, in this game, toys are alive. Uh, let's see. You have to say during Halloween. She, this character Grace enters a toy store, gets locked inside. The toys are alive, and she must save Santa Claus from an evil Jack in the Box. And Jack in the Dark is an adventure game that focuses on puzzles and has no combat. Yeah, not joking.
2: All right, no.
4: then. <laughs> uh, That's funny.
0: All right, Joel, what's your next one?
4: You got a lot of them up there, man. Well, like I said, I we don't have to I just made sure I had plenty, but I'm kind of picking them as we talk to see which ones work better. So, the next one was one that I think everybody at least considered and I saw it on a lot of lists as I was doing some research, but Time Cop is uh one of those things where it's got this weird cult following and people like it even though it's kind of terrible, but hold in your
0: right, tongue. In I was
1: right, say that's quite possibly the perfect uh movie. Well, at least for Jean-Claude Van Damme.
4: All I can remember from it is the scene where there's the guys with the overcoats back in I think I want to say like the revolution and they pull out submachine guns or something.
0: My favorite was when the guy from the nineteen twenties takes out the Walkman and starts loving listening to uh hair metal.
4: I just I think it, it it could work really well and I and I went ahead and thought about this as you guys were talking about the last one. Um Gareth Evans could direct it if you've ever seen, uh, the raid or the raid two. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, great, great. Some of the best action I've seen in any movie in a couple of decades. Um, but uh, he's, he's really great at directing, uh, martial arts sequences and uh, creating a story that is engaging and has other things going on than just the action sequences. And I'd like to see, uh, Byung-Hun Lee in the, the lead. If people who aren't familiar with him, he's a Korean actor. Uh, he's in I Saw the Devil. He played, um, uh, Storm Shadow in the G.I. Joe movies. He oh, was yeah. the, the cop in Terminator Genesis that was chasing after, uh, he was only in there for like the first half, but
1: he was the one that was at T1000. Yeah. The one that
4: got
1: yeah. melted in the acid thing. Yeah.
4: yeah. He's really, really, uh, kind of coming into his own, uh, in the past couple of years. He's getting a lot of work and he's, he's, he's a martial artist. Plus he's a really great actor. So it kind of seems like a logical. That Any relation good.
2: to the Lee family? The other Lee family?
4: Kevin Lee?
1: Spike Lee? Lee Jeans? Lee Marvin? Uh,
2: I'm talking about Amy Lee, obviously. Uh,
1: oh. No, I don't
4: think so.
2: <laughs> Jesus Jackass. Christ. Jackass.
4: <laughs> anyway, I think the time is right.
2: That was a serious question, by the way. Is he related to Bruce?
4: No. He's no. Korean. Yeah, different different country. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, he's Korean. He's oh. Korean. Yeah, he's not oh, Chinese. Okay, never, what wasn't listen- One of
0: the things I remember about Time Cop is when Suzanne and I were first dating, ran to the video store, rented Time Cop, came back to her parents' place. Parents were asleep, were up late watching the movie. There is one maybe minute and a half sex scene in that movie. (sighs) That was the exact moment that her mother decided to get up and get a glass of water. Of course. Yeah. So that was awesome. Like, hey, how you doing? Just watching people banging with your daughter. <laughs>
1: you guys remember the short-lived TV show? Yes. Make sure to come back for the oil in the morning.
4: <laughs> I saw that there was one. I don't remember I've actually seen it though.
1: I watched all 9 episodes and I was so bummed when uh it got canceled before it even got its first season order all the way through.
4: Oh. Was it? So it was decent.
1: I liked it. Like, I mean, who knows if it would have aged well, but it's from like 1997.
4: Yeah,
0: I don't think I can't see that the TV effects would transfer well. Nowadays, maybe. So, Josh, what's your next one?
1: Um, Let's see. Oh, yeah. I I also went with a TV show at this point. Uh, uh, A little off the nerd trail, Uh, I'd like to see a remake of Remington Steele. Oh, I love that
4: show. Remington Steele was
1: was awesome. Yeah, I mean, you got the interplay between the two main characters. It was uh, Pierce Brosnan's breakout role. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd love to see something like that. And, uh, my, my dream casting right now, if you were, if I could cast anybody in a new Remington Steel with a similar setup, Joseph Gordon Levitt as Remington Steel and then get Daisy Ridley in there.
4: Oh. So you're flipping the, instead of the man being English, woman's English.
0: Right. Hmm.
1: Interesting.
4: Now, would Daisy be
0: the Remington, so would she be the spy or would Joseph Gordon Levitt?
1: That's an interesting question. I mean, yeah, depending on how the show concept came down, if it was like, uh, the child of the original Remington Steel or if there, it's just a complete re- reboot that ignores the original. Hmm. I just like to see the two of them act together. Yeah. And I think you've got sort of similar, uh, roles in terms of star power and kind of general look to the original cast, uh, similar, uh, difference in age
0: hmm You know, if if we're doing that one, you know another one would be good? Is uh Scarecrow Mrs. King.
2: You know the one that made that made me think of? So watch that too. Simon and Simon. Oh. That should be remade with like Zach Efron and like uh I don't know, who would be the Gerald McRaney I don't What's know. Taylor, Taylor Lautner from Twilight.
1: What? <laughs> Just put Gerald McCraney
0: back in. Right on. <laughs> I'm, I'm with you on that one, Josh. I don't know if you, if you look at my DVD, uh, selection, I have season one of Remington Steel sitting on the shelf.
4: Nice. So, it was kind of, uh, Bond-esque, but for TV and a lot lighter.
0: Yeah. It was like Bond every week. Mm-hmm. So I like that one. So after this one, uh, my next, I wish they would do a remake, Dark City. Oh man. Um, and Pat, how many, I know Joel's seen it. Josh, I'm assuming you've seen it.
1: I own it. Yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah. Uh, one of my favorites. Yeah, Alex Cross. Patrick, like have you I ever like seen it? A good
0: movie. Yeah. So you got these men in black that rearrange reality as they experiment on the residents of a city that's perpetually in night. Now I said this before with Mac- about the whole McCullagh Culkin thing, but John Murdoch, the guy who discovers starts to discover what's going on as McCullagh Culkin, is a guy who's not entirely sure that he's not that he's going insane or not. And then Jake Gillenall as uh, Dr. Daniel Schreiber, who was played by... Um,
1: ur, just I'm l- blanking right now, 24. Um, Kiefer Sutherland. Kiefer, Kiefer Sutherland. Sutherland. Yeah,
0: the guy who was playing, but but the Jake Gyllenhaal playing the Kiefer Sutherland role as the doctor that's working with the men in black to rearrange him. Who,
2: who played Murdoch in the original?
0: Uh, the guy with the eyes. Uh, I forgot his name. <laughs> he, no, <laughs> no, name Marty Feldman. Yeah, no. Uh Rufus
2: T Firefly.
0: Rufus T Firefly. Sounds right. <laughs> uh Rufus Sewell. Um he was in The Illusionist and the Night's Tale. Yeah. So I mean he and he did a really good job in this one. I mean, this one was honestly a gr- one of my favorite movies. And currently uh Rufus is in the Man
1: in the High Tower. Yep. So Yeah, this this film, like I, granted, it, it had Kiefer Sutherland and Jennifer Connelly in it, which is pretty much it. Could have been terrible, and I probably would have bought it. Jennifer Connelly, <sighs>
2: but it was I it was mean. a pretty pretty good, pretty well done movie.
0: Oh yeah, and I think mm-hmm. I think another one of those why it was such a sleeper is it's it was a a movie that was released before people could wrap their mind around it.
2: It was released around the same time as Matrix too, and Matrix got all the attention.
0: Yeah, that kind of. Well, wait, we did it? What?
2: No. I mean, I don't. I don't think it was like the same like you know week or two, but it was like at the same.
0: Like, Dark
4: City within, was ninety eight. Yeah, ninety eight. Ninety
0: nine. Well, I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, it depends on ninety eight, February ninety eight. Okay, so there was plenty of time. So Patrick is yeah. wrong. I'm not I,
2: wrong. I mean, we <laughs> were released around the same time. Yeah,
0: I just, You're I just wrong. think that it was. It's, it's one of those that people that went to go see it, they saw, they saw Kiefer Sutherland. And they saw – well, William Hurt was also in it, also in Jennifer Connelly. They saw three great names. And then Rufus Sewell, who's the – back then, I don't think really anybody knew who he was.
1: Oh, yeah. I don't know if this was his first role, but it was probably his breakout.
0: Yeah. And then Josh, uh, Mr. Hand, played by Richard O'Brien. Oh, yeah. So – but yeah, I would love to see that. I think with the whole changing reality – uh, scenes where they fold the city over on top of itself and all that would go over really well with the effects that they can do nowadays,
4: Mister Ham.
2: Pretty well done in that movie, even.
4: Oh yeah. So. Yeah, it was it was it was ahead of its time as far as a lot of that goes. So it's really well done. All right, Pat. Hit us.
2: Flash Gordon. Ah. He saved every one of us.
4: Do 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 do. Which.
2: I think that movie is ripe for a remaking um, because it was just so campy and cheesy and bad. I think you could almost redo it with, a. I think, the perfect lead who would know just exactly how campy to make it and how campy not to make it is John Cena.
1: I was not expecting that.
4: I wasn't either. Okay. Now,
0: because
1: he could
2: definitely pull off the, you know, I'm an athlete look, you know. Yeah. I mean, and he's just, you know, he, he's he's just a good enough actor. I mean, Sam Jones, let's not lie, was not a great actor. And he's just a good enough of an actor to pull off the flash cord in the same kind of tongue-in-cheek manner. And I also think that Ian McKellen should play Emperor Ming.
0: Mm. Nice. Now here's, okay, toss this one yeah. out there. Okay. Um... You've got Sam you've got Flash Gordon. You've got Ming. Uh, who plays um Prince Prince Volton? No, not was it who was the flying guy?
2: Wil Wilmer, no Wilmer Valmiranda. Wil Wilmer
4: Yeah. Well, yeah.
2: Valmer- <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. Fez is gonna be uh the prince. And you're talking about the, the leader of the winged
0: Wait, you're having Fez playing Timothy Dalton's role? Yep. I'm in. Uh, Dave uh, uh, Batista. Oh. As, as Voltan, the, the yeah. leader of the, Wait. the leader of the Hawkmen? Yeah. Oh. That'd be pretty sweet. And another movie with Richard O'Brien.
2: Or, or, or just, just go completely crazy and just put Mick Foley in the role. <laughs> no. Let's go with <laughs> all wrestlers.
0: Okay. <laughs> now, here, here's the question. This is the big one, Pat. One of the, one of the greatest things about Flash Gordon is the music.
4: Since Queen is no longer around. Who does the theme? Oh, Well, and George Michael's no longer around either. <laughs> who well, does? I mean, he does. He did a great Freddie Mercury. He could,
1: yeah, he yeah, could slot Mercury. in, and frequently did. Yeah, Michael oh. Buble.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ.
2: Um, God, you know who would have been perfect? Would would have been the Darkness. No,
0: but... oh, ever since he quit. Yeah, but he well, quit. but he's he could do a solo.
2: That's true because his voice, you know be perfect for a reboot of flash gordon
4: yeah he's got a pretty uh, high pitch voice oh you
2: could go completely funky completely funky and get elton john to do it
0: no <laughs> <laughs> um get him,
2: get him back in touch with his 70s instead of his disney phase.
0: now no. here's one for you think about uh get him,
2: get him and bernie a, a whole boatload of cocaine tell him to go in there and write it Boy, <laughs> <laughs> uh
0: what about uh daft punk what they That'd did be an John.
1: odd take. It, yeah. It'd be odd, but then... Oh, I don't know. I, I was kind of thinking, if you wanted a, a band that would have a draw just on their own, but could also do a wide variety of musical styles, and is a huge name right now, I'd Maroon go Maroon 5.
4: 5 yeah. <laughs> I, knew, I knew where you were going. <laughs> well, what about Daft Punk with Justin ha- Hawkins doing vocals? I think we have a thing.
2: What about yeah. Jim Steinman and Meatloaf?
4: I think we have a lot of things. <laughs> we got some really good ideas here. We need to really... <laughs> pursue these anyway.
0: All right. So Flash Gordon, I think we all agree that Flash Gordon
4: needs to be remade. Yeah, I would watch it. Joel, what's your next one? All right. So I, I skipped this one from the bottom to the top. Um, I, I think weekend of Bernie's could be a lot of fun. Hmm. Um, you get Larry Charles directing who most people know him as, uh, tied to Seinfeld, Kirby enthusiasm. Um, he did the, the Borat movie. He's comedy director, but he does kind of a darker thing. Mm hmm um you get Paul Dano and Matthew Greg Gubler as the the two lead guys and if you know who i'm talking about either of them
2: I know Paul Dano i don't know who the other guy is
4: if you just look at Matthew Greg Gubler he yeah, he's he's kind of does indie stuff but if you look him up he's got that great reactionary comedy he's tall he's lanky he's kind of goofy looking mm-hmm. um and then Brendan Fraser as the body
1: i think he would go for that for sure yeah, yeah. I, I, he needs to get cast in more stuff
4: there is a
0: resurgence well, right now of people wanting to get Brendan Fraser back in the movies and I'm f-
4: totally for it. And and this way he could, you know, make a segue back in, get his uh feet wet, you know, doing something where he's not really acting so much as he is just not even good. reacting. Right. But it gets his face out there and uh I mean it could be fun. I mean it might not be like a big box office smash, but it'd be one of those things that you watch with your buddies and like, that's pretty good. I like that.
2: Jonathan Silverman is sitting at home he would call me.
4: <laughs> right, and we're like, no, we're going to call Brendan.
1: I was just running through my head. It's like, who who do I like to see? Who doesn't get cast super often? Who needs to be paired with Brendan Fraser? I'm like, okay, buddy movie with Brendan Fraser and James Hong. Oh, you guys know who he is, right?
2: No, I don't think so. Low bang, bang.
1: She
0: bang James, yeah, James Hong.
2: Oh, young, Jesus! Oh, I, yeah, he... I was trying to think of a young guy.
0: Jesus,
1: that's funny. Yeah, he does a lot of voice work, but I can't remember the last time I saw I think the last time I saw him in anything was Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Wow. That's funny.
0: Weird combination. Man, poor Brendan. He's paying $50,000 a month in alimony. Not even his kids. That sucks. I'm
1: I don't know. So, all right. So,
4: there you go. Josh? Oh, back to me?
1: Yeah. Uh, Sorry, I was looking bad. at James Hong's IMDb. <laughs> <laughs> Staring into his eyes. Yeah, that voice. Hey! Eh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. When you talk about video games and you talk about remakes, this is going to seem painfully obvious to anyone who was playing in the SNES era. But really, the game that needs to be remade n- now is Chrono Trigger. I don't know if uh, anyone else played it. I'm assuming oh. Mike did. Oh, yeah. I have it on my phone. Yeah, I mean, it's you got the JRPG style, incredibly well developed characters. You got the time travel plot, going to different locations at different points in history. It is just the masterpiece of the sixteen bit RPG era.
0: Yeah, it's, and it's one. I think it's one of the first ones that had a frog. No, well,
1: well, oh, it did have a frog.
0: Yeah, it did have a frog. Um, but I think it's one of the first ones that uh. Had a second playthrough.
1: Oh, was that just a weird guess, or did you actually play Chrono Trigger?
0: No, hmm? I just looked it up.
1: I was going to say because Frog's actually a pretty big character.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it didn't occur to me who said that for a
4: second there. But no, they. No, had... I just was curious what it was, and so I looked it up.
0: No, it's it's a time travel Japanese RPG. It it's it and the and the it's another one of those where the story is really good. So I mean, it's it's a classic game. So, it's, uh, but I, I agree with. Heard of
1: it. I've never played it, but I've heard of it.
0: See, that's if Pat's heard of it, then it's got definitely got to be up there.
1: Yeah, I think they were trying to do a fan-made HD remake, and eventually it got uh, DMCA'd, and the project was killed. Ah, oh, that sucks. Yeah, but it's been ported in its original 16-bit uh, PlayStation Network, uh, iOS, and Android Virtual Console. Yeah, and and. Android
0: yeah like you said Android I mean it's, I've got uh Chrono Trigger and uh, Dragon Warrior games are on my phone right now just for playing when I want to Nice yeah but no I could I can go with that Now now uh I don't know Chrono- <laughs> I don't know that's a, there's Chrono Trigger what was the sequel Chrono Cross Chrono Cross yeah But no six I I could totally go Now how would you want it remade would you want it remade kind of 16-bit-ish, or would you want the full 3D treatment?
1: I, yeah, I want to see an HD remake, uh, full sprites, give it uh, PS4 era, current generation graphics. i just like to see it uh, completely remade. Keep everything else, I mean, when it comes to story and mechanics, it's got the classic active time battle from that like era of... Uh, SNES to PlayStation 1, which in a lot of ways was perfect. Mm-hmm. So I, I wouldn't change anything aside from just updating the visuals. I remember you playing it at the apartment.
0: Mm-hmm. I remember, you, I remember when you beat it. <laughs> it was just, that's a, that is a huge investment in gaming too. So, but yeah, I can go down with that. So do we have another one? Joel, you had you had a list on your list. Disappeared. Well,
4: I, I kind of got rid of a couple because Killer from Matter Space is already looking to be uh, possibly a TV series. Spawn is already being uh, worked on by Todd McFarlane. Um, but I thought with the whole resurgence of DC Comics and starting to kind of get their footing a little bit more, they should try again with Catwoman, but go more for the the version in the comics. I think it would work better, especially these days. And if you get the right person in the role you could segue it into the universe that exists on screen um, pretty easily. And it could, it could actually be a pretty cool movie. I think
0: I, I honestly, uh, it needs to be remade. Now, would you go with the, um, the Anne Hathaway or would you just no. completely go break off completely from all of it?
4: Yeah, no brand new, brand new start, hmm. but with the, the cat ears and the goggles and you know, that look. Yeah.
2: Obviously you go with the Halle Berry version. <laughs>
4: Dan, you to hell. <laughs> you, yes, sir, can eat a dick. Um, and then the other one I put here would be the, the birds. Just, not that I necessarily am keen on Hitchcock being remade after the debunkle, debunkle, debacle of uh, Gus Van Zandt's psycho, but Bates Motel showed that there's a lot of source material there that can be mined to create a really good TV series. So not that it would be a TV series, but I'd be curious to see a modern take on The Birds with You,
2: know, you got to find an actress willing to be abused like Tippy Hedren. I was <laughs> going to say
1: this year or uh, any time since Tippy Hedren's book, which was just a couple months ago, makes The Birds a very controversial choice. Yeah.
4: But you know, nowadays they don't have to put them through necessarily what she was put through.
1: You can do a lot more CGI though. Yeah. Right, well, but th- you're always going to have the specter of the fact that the birds was recently in the news with a sexual assault accusation.
4: Hmm. I, I, I guess I missed that part of it.
1: Congrats oh, it. really? No, that's that's super recent. Uh, I actually uh, was watching a bunch of uh, Hitchcock films with Sarah that she'd never seen, and when the birds came on, it was the day after Tippi Hedren uh, released. Her, I don't remember whether it was a book or an interview. Hmm. Yeah, this is super recent. I didn't know Tippy Hedren was still
4: alive. Since uh, Hitchcock actually assaulted her, I just looked it up to see.
1: I can't remember. Yeah, it was. Uh, oh, longer ago than I thought. Wow. How the yeah. how the
4: months slip by. October says Novemberish. Yeah, not that long. Huh.
1: Oh yeah, that's right. Because we were watching uh, the movies on, on or right after Halloween.
4: Well, let's let's talk about Weekend of Bernie's again. Oh, no. (laughs) I think uh, anybody else got anything?
0: No, I'm good with mine. I picked my my three. Happy with my picks. Yeah, thanks to Josh for leading us out on a high note. Um, (laughs) We're going to take a break and come back and talk about remakes we are excited for because they are.
2: I wish they would remake Leonard Part 6.
0: Jeez. And Ghost Dad. Leonard Part (laughs) 6. Drink this. The less rape (laughs) (laughs) Oh. All right, so yeah, we'll be back in a little bit. We're going to talk about remakes that are coming up in 2017 that we are looking forward to. All right, so we have talked about things that we wish we would see in remakes. And now 2017 has provided us with a bunch of things that are coming out to sate that remake need monkey what
1: what happened to that sentence <laughs> it needs I to feel be, bad for
0: it it needs to be remade call
1: Suzanne to go check on mike
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm falling back on uh, on old school uh 40 going on 14 mike <laughs> words what words i just make sounds and hope they make a sentence <laughs> so yeah so 2017 has got a lot of remakes that are coming out a lot of cool um movies and shows that are going to be released, and we've picked uh, three of the ones that we think are going to be the best for uh, our, our favorites for coming up. So, uh, Patrick, we'll start with you. Oh, huh? Huh?
2: Get off my lawn.
0: <laughs>
4: he said Patrick will start with you. You.
2: Oh, such dulcet tones. They've calmed me down. Oh,
4: you don't know the half of it,
2: Patrick. Why is somebody fucking with the show notes again, Ron?
4: <laughs> Settle down, Pat. <laughs>
2: Uh first one I have on is uh, the February 15th shh, 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 release of me. something that I am inc- incredibly excited about. It is The Legend of Conan. Conan? Damn <laughs> it, Conan O'Brien. <laughs> <laughs> you- the Legend of Conan. <laughs> the Legend of Conan. Uh, the Legend of Conan. It is the much-anticipated uh, direct sequel to Conan the Barbarian, where he ends. the movie ends with him sitting on the throne. This movie is going to basically start immediately with him sitting on the throne. That same scene. Now it's literally, literally going to start with that scene, him him on the throne, and it's going to pan out and start from there.
0: And then, what is it going to be like? Him talking about the olden days when he used to keep bees in his pocket and that
4: sort of thing. <laughs> or not, I mean on his belt.
2: Yeah, it's just going to be like the, the story of you know of of Conan the Barbarian as king,
4: hmm.
2: uh, and they, they've got a. Uh, Supposedly, they have two of the original cast signed on to play, you know, their supporting roles as well. They haven't released who it is yet.
4: Mm. Will there be a Rigid Snake?
2: <laughs> it will be a, when I go to see it.
4: <laughs> I, I
0: have <laughs> to say, if this is the po- the poster for it, the, of him just sitting there on the throne, kind of pondering yep. life, that's pretty badass. Yep. So,
2: and, and you know, it's they have already stated that they're going to be very faithful to the first movie. Not, it's not a reboot. It's not a you know a reimagining. It's going to be Arnold as Conan. As it's going to have
1: twenty minutes of him walking in a circle. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's going to man.
2: No, this is this is the old Conan, so it's just going to be him walking around a donut. <laughs>
1: <laughs> nice. Oh shit.
0: Ah, oh, Chardonnay up the nose. That's awesome. All right. So, yeah. No, I'm, I mean, I'm with you on this. I mean, if they can pull it off.
2: Yeah, I'm very excited. I have wanted this since I was a child and saw the first, you know, Conan the Barbarian movie.
0: Now, here's a question for you. Have you ever read any of the books?
2: No. Oh. Always, always, Oh. I, I don't know why I did, never did it. It's just because it, it was more of a love for for Arnold than for Conan, necessarily. So. Hmm.
4: But you could but imagine mean, Arnold.
2: Enough, that yeah. did get me set on on two of my great loves, Arnold Schwarzenegger and uh, the medieval culture.
4: Hmm. And but you could imagine Arnold when you're reading the book. Like, you could imagine.
1: That's true. I could do that. Maybe I should check them out. I think I've got them all. They're all uh, public domain.
4: Yeah. There you go. Free.
2: Well, that's the right price.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Joel, what are you looking forward to? Well, I... I have a fourth one if we get to it, but I don't know if I'm looking forward to it as much as... Anyway, um, as it fit in with something we were talking about earlier, the Friday the 13th is getting another take. And I they haven't put a lot out there yet, other than Breck Eisner is, is set to direct. And there's been a lot of stuff kicked around, idea-wise, for many years now. And I don't know quite which direction they're going, but... Um, I thought they were fairly su- successful with the last reboot that they did. It just didn't catch. So I'm kind of thinking if they take some of that with the original and mix it up, get a new spin on it, it could, it could be pretty cool. Have they said anything about the storyline at all? Nope. Just that, uh, um, him and his mother would be in it at the same time it was the only thing that I've heard, which I don't know if that's rumor or not, but you know, they've never had them at least at the same when they're both ad- adults. You know, it's either she's a a flashback, he's a kid, or they're in two different movies. So
5: Hmm.
4: we'll see. I mean, I'm, I'm I'm curious. I'm, I'm apprehensive. And, uh, I I just, it's always been one of my favorite franchises. So any chances there's going to be a new movie always gets me a little excited. I've, I was hoping they would go with the one, um, where it was set during the winter because they've never, you know, kind of tackled what happens at the summer camp when nobody's around. So I would be curious to see that. (laughs) <laughs>
0: Jason Voorhees making a snowman. <laughs> right, exactly.
2: Michael Myers just walking around with a, with a, a metal detector, like all bored, like... Doop, doop, doop,
4: doop. <laughs> I'm just waiting for you. Uh,
2: Wearing big Bermuda shorts in the wintertime because he's like, I can't exactly relax in the summer.
4: Waiting for next year. <laughs> <laughs> 364 days to Halloween. This, no. this
2: casual Mike Myers. Or not Mike Myers. Mike, uh, well,
4: Mike could be hanging out there, too. They could like, have a, a timeshare or something. <laughs>
2: Can you imagine? He's bitching. He's like, "You left the trash in the trash bag again." By the time I got there, it was flies everywhere.
4: Why does he talk like Eeyore? Neither of them speak. That's probably why, That's why they don't speak
2: because I know people <laughs> would laugh at
0: them. They all sound
4: like Eeyore. <laughs> Here <laughs> comes another I'm, camper.
2: I'm sorry. I'll clean
4: it up. Guess no. I gotta kill this one.
0: <laughs> Joel, what about what about this one with the um with the video game coming out?
4: Oh man. I, I I have never wanted to own an Xbox One more in my life.
2: Oh, the one where you can uh, you, you get to play as the counselors.
0: Yeah, you play as the counselors, and I think one person plays as Jason. You got five counselors
4: and uh,
0: and and Jason. That's I awesome. personally think this is a game that the four of us need to play. That
2: would be that would be very fo- who has Xbox Ones. I nope. have one.
0: I don't. PS4.
2: I'm the only one with one. Yes. All right, well, that scratches that. Let's There can be there. only one.
0: So, if you're listening and you would like to see us four Yohos play in the Friday the Thirteenth game, it's only it's three. True it to
2: the fun to get all the guys down here to Houston. Yeah, three, or three Xboxes
0: away from.
2: <laughs> or that, yeah, buy us all Xboxes or fly everybody down here.
0: All right, no, Josh, those are your
2: two options, people.
0: <laughs> What's your what's your number one remake for 2017?
1: Oh, that's easy.
4: For me, it's got to be the Twin Peaks Season 3. And see, I didn't even look at TV. I was looking at movies. But yeah, that's high on my list.
1: Yeah, I've had Showtime for two years now, barely even using it, because I just want to have it locked into my cable package for this year when uh, Twin Peaks comes back. Yeah.
2: Still haven't seen one.
1: What?
4: Oh, I don't know if he would like it, honestly. I'm
2: not a big David Lynch fan.
1: Well, I mean, it's not just David Lynch weirdness. You've also got Mark Frost, and there's just something magical when the two of them collaborate, because David Lynch... Is avant garde. He's got all these great ideas, but they're not always comprehensible. You got Mark Frost, who is pure distilled essence of plot, but his ideas aren't particularly interesting. I've I've got a couple books he wrote, and they move. They're page turners, but they're not incredibly inventive. But you put the two of them together, especially with the cast they've got, and they got quite a bit of the original cast back for season three. three. Oh, it's is David Duchovny back. Yes. Oh. Yeah, he's confirmed.
4: <laughs>
1: yeah. David Duchovny is confirmed. Ray Wise is confirmed. Sherilyn Fenn.
4: Kyle McGlacken. Uh, of
1: course. Oh, of course. Uh, and then they're gonna be joined. You're gonna have Trent Reznor joining the cast, Amanda Seifried, uh, Michael Sarah, Naomi Watts.
4: <clears throat> That's fantastic. Fantastic. I'm kind of a staple of of uh, Lynch. When when we go down
0: to I when we go down to um LodgeCon in February I've got – I have the – I've said it before, I've got the recipe for the cherry uh, – the uh, Twin Peaks cherry pie. Nice. I've got the I've got the tourist guide. And
4: with your coffee to go with it, hell. Oh. It's a, it might just orgasm all over the place.
1: Damn yeah, good I coffee. loved the show. Watched it religiously from when it premiered live on – I think it was ABC. Yeah. I remember I, back then.
0: I, I didn't watch it until it came out and I was able to get it from the video store because I know my parents watched it initially and they were like we don't know what the hell's going on you know and then I wasn't allowed to watch it then but
1: yeah it locked me in from episode one and I was bummed when it was canceled
4: mm. yeah it, it was one of the shows that i I watched religiously and I didn't this is before I knew Lynch um that was before before college happened and, and Lynch happened but um yeah I used to watch it I didn't know always what the heck was going on but I just loved the show the way it was everything about it was just bizarre um but you're right there are some there's some collaborative forces out there that uh, when they're not together they're okay but when they work together something happens and it's like turning you know lead into gold
1: yeah, there's a reason why there's so many things uh video games and new TV shows and movies that have the Twin Peaks influence. Cuz you've got that one level of the sleepy little town, then beneath that you've got like the prom queen does drugs and there's a brothel right across the border into Canada and they're running guns and there's murders and then below that there's the supernatural layer.
0: Mm. Oh, then there's the I'm
1: midget talking the backwards. Yeah, yeah, you got the Black Lodge and Bob, and the owls are not what they seem.
4: To to this day, Lynch creates the most horrific visual images that are out. I mean, take any horror movie you got; he'll beat it. But the the one thing that always gets me and still gets me is that scene where Bob is just sitting behind the bed, and you don't even really see him. But when you do, and you realize he was there, and that was a complete that wasn't even part of the story that just happened. And Lynch loved it and kept it. But that 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 image of him just sitting behind the bed is just frightening.
1: Yeah, I got chills and freaked out a little bit when Major Briggs had the printout from the uh, SETI satellites. Mm -hmm. And you've got all the random characters. And in the middle, it's like contact Agent Dale Cooper, FBI. The owls are not what they seem. The owls are not what they seem. The owls are not what they seem. And that goes back to random characters. Just that whole scene when he presents that. Just creeped me out, just gave me like goose flesh.
4: It's it's something, Pat, that you you have to be prepared for it though, because the pacing, the tone, everything about it is is different from
1: It's very nineties. Yeah. It's, it's some of the acting's even a little difficult to watch now.
4: But it's so good. Log Lady.
0: Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, I'm excited. Oh oh we're going back to me. Um yep. Alien covenant. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, my God. Going back to its roots, I think it's, it just the, from what I've seen for the, there's the teaser trailer. Um, if you haven't seen it, see it. It looks amazing. Uh, with them, you know, it's, it's not really a sequel to that god awful, um, Prometheus, Prometheus, but <clears throat> the aliens are in it. And I think it's going to have a lot of that, you know, from the original Alien, where y- it it gives you a reason to be afraid of the dark.
4: And well, what's that? I was just going to say, well, Ridley Scott, after he did Prometheus, which I I enjoyed Prometheus, but um, I think he didn't realize exactly what people really wanted because mm-hmm. Prometheus, I think, was a story he wanted to tell, but.
1: I liked the the feeling and the cinematography of Prometheus, but the story was kind of... Eh. Yeah, the script had some serious problems and, and
4: the characters were a little flat. Yeah, But because of, of Fassbender and the, the alien at the end, people... I mean, I think he realized there was a lot to still be mined. Mm-hmm. And so... And then when Blomkamp announced that he had had a story that he wanted to do and everybody freaked out, which that's still in the works. Um Which will be awesome if it happens. But... I, I think that's what drove him back into the director's chair to do this rather than Prometheus Two, which is still there's two more movies to be made of there, but um yeah, I, I I'm I love this franchise. So yeah. I'm
0: geeking. And I I think Elizabeth Shaw is gonna be a good I don't want to say replacement for Ripley, but I think she's gonna be another of uh, the archetype, the survivor type feel to it. Uh Michael Fassbender as the um the bishop character. I'm pretty sure he's a re- he's a replicant.
4: Well, yeah, he's playing the same. I mean, it's the it's same. tied to Prometheus just yeah. as much as to the other alien films.
0: But the things that get me, it's like we also have James Franco, Guy Pierce, and Danny freaking McBride. What right. the hell? <laughs> and if Danny McBride says game over, I will lose it.
5: <laughs>
4: <laughs> well, just the sequences in the trailer with him, I'm like, dude, you know. And it's always surprising when you see comedic actors take on serious roles, but. I'm curious to see how far he takes it. Well,
0: I, I, th- I, th- I don't want to say that he's going to be like the next um, Hudson, but I, I think this casting—I mean, you've got such an eclectic group of people on this one. It just—I am mean, May 19th is going to be fantastic. That's all. Yeah. The I'm end. Geek. I'm done. I'm going to geek more. <laughs> <laughs> Patrick, this kind of threw me. Yeah.
2: What the Lego Batman movie? Yeah. Why would that throw you? That the Batman movie or the Lego movie was awesome. I bought it the first day it came out in DVD. I saw it at the theater. I loved it. And
0: yeah, but it's like happy and jovial, and you're not.
2: <laughs> I, like, I like funny shit, you dick. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and of course, it's a remake of the classic Lego Batman movie of 1972. Yeah. See, and that's exactly it
0: right there. I mean. Back then, it and was I just.
2: cheated a little bit. It's a sequel, but it, uh,
0: <laughs> just giving you shit. Back in 72, it was just one black brick running around right, with one. Green I, will
2: take the, I will take the happiness out of my life. Delete that shit.
4: Hey, Pat, everything is awesome.
5: <laughs> <laughs>
4: no, I'm, I'm geeked Only about it.
5: Part of a team.
4: When I went and saw the Lego movie in the theater, I had zero expectations. None. Saw <laughs> so it opening weekend. It hadn't really done much yet. And I left that theater just floored. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Floored.
0: I I agree with you on that. The Lego Movie, and they've got Ralph Fiennes. Um, just Zach Galifianakis is a Joker. It's Michael,
2: gonna be awesome. So,
0: and, and I do have to say, Will Arnett as Batman is fantastic.
2: Yes, nailed it first try.
4: <laughs> I and I can say I've got no problem with him being Batman. No, not at all.
2: And right, you don't.
4: And I'm not a fan, but I.
2: You will be
0: Billy D. Williams is Two Face.
2: Oh, that's awesome!
0: Which
4: is a nice throwback.
0: Yeah, I mean, and and you know what the thing is is like the the Lego Movie. I'm with you, Joel, because it's like one of those the kids wanted to go see it. Yes, we want to go see the Lego Movie. Fine, we'll go see the Lego Movie. We'll go in there, and it was like maybe 15 minutes into this, I was like, "Holy shit! I'm really enjoying myself. <laughs> this is fantastic." So,
4: I'm with you, Pat.
2: Yeah, I took my little niece to go see it with my sister and we all loved it.
4: Yeah. Well, and I kept thinking, you know, they're going to, it's, I'm like, oh, great. It's going to be a big giant product placement for Lego toys. And the reality was, is it was promoting Legos. Yes. But it was promoting using Legos in ways that they're not necessarily intended. And it also had this overall theme and message of being yourself and doing what you want to do and setting yourself apart from everybody else. Plus, I mean, Chris Pratt was. Phenomenal, but mm-hmm. and it just yeah, I left that movie just feeling good, and I I bought it the day it came out too, and I've seen it many many times since.
0: Then. Honey, it where's so well my pants? pants? <laughs> yep, <laughs> that's what when pants? it, it, it uh, was.
2: It was just so well cast. Every you know all the voice actors were, were so good.
0: Yeah, yeah, and so and Joel, I'm what you were saying about um, Lego
2: Batman movies? Yes, I am.
0: Hey, no, I deal with I, Lego um, Batman. I, I
4: Patman.
0: Pat, 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 pat,
4: pat. <laughs> Fatman. That's already been done. What were we going to say, Mike?
0: I was just going to say, Lego doesn't really need product placement. True. <laughs> hey, I mean, I mean, how many people out there, I mean, I mean, name one. Okay. I'm sure there's a handful of people, but go to somebody and say, Hey, have you ever heard of Lego? You know, they don't, they don't really need it. So I think they didn't need to do any sort of like pl- uh, placement with it, but they were just able to take the, get, take the uh, whole shindig and run with it. So. I'm down. Next up, Joel. Uh,
4: No, here's, here's not an obvious choice, but something I'd pitched, um, as doing a a show on once it actually comes out, but, um, they're remaking going in style, which if you haven't seen it, I have a VH copy that I, I, uh, inherited from my father, which, uh, has Art Carney and George Burns and, I'm forgetting the third actor now. I can see his face, but I can't picture his name. What is his name? Anne Canfield. Now, she was in it, but there was a guy, but it's about these three old guys that pull off this like heist. So it's a heist movie, but it features these way over the hill actors. And it just, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun and it's got, it's a, it's an upbeat movie. You know, it's, it's one, not one of those things where it's depressing or sad. It's, it's just kind of an upbeat, fun movie, but it also deals with aging and other things. So it's, it's got a lot going on. And Zach Braff, who of course, mostly think of as scrubs, but you know, if you've seen his films like garden state is Lee what's that?
2: Lee Strasberg. I had to look it up.
4: Was it? Oh, it was Lee. Okay. Now I can, cause I can we see trying his
2: face. was crazy. so I had to look it up.
4: Oh, but, um, Zach Raff is directing, uh, Morgan Freeman, Michael Caine and Alan Arkin are playing the leads. And it just, it just looks like it could be, uh, maybe again, maybe not a blockbuster for by any stretch, but a really just solid, really good movie to, to watch.
2: And Alan Arkin is good in almost everything. Michael Caton Michael Caine is good in, in everything. I mean, Michael
0: Caine, the patron saint of forty going on fourteen. Sexy,
2: Sexy Michael,
0: Michael Caine. Caine. Sexy Michael yep. Caine.
2: And Morgan Freeman. You know, I mean, what 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 do you need to say about Morgan Freeman? So and awesome. Morgan Freeman.
0: Yep.
4: This and I'd be curious. A
2: movie I'm looking forward to as well.
4: I'd be curious oh. to see what Zach Braff does with it because I mean, the movies he's directed, the the couple that he has, um, are very you know,
5: nuanced and quirky.
4: Mm-hmm. And they're more aimed at a younger generation. So to see him take these older actors, I'm curious to see what he's going to do with it. It's same storyline. It's just updated for a modern era.
0: All right. Somebody write this down. We have to do an in-laws, mo- in-laws show. Because um, <laughs> then we get Ellen Arkin and um, Colombo in the same movie. Peter Falk. Um, yeah. that was, I love that movie. All right. Serpentine. Serpentine. Um, <laughs> all right, Josh. Next one up for you.
1: What do you got? Uh, Next one up, I am looking forward to... I'm not sure it's going to make it this year, but they are remaking Flatliners. Yes. And, uh, yeah, I, I was really excited when I saw that uh, they'd cast Diego Luna from Rogue One and, of course, Ellen Page.
0: So,
4: not from Rogue One.
1: Not from Rogue One. No, that we all know Reed. Ellen Page, right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. I love Ellen <laughs> Page. She's a cutie.
2: And I love her movies. She's good in just about everything I've seen her in.
1: Yeah, so just the two of them anchoring the cast for a movie I already just love completely. I'm looking forward to the remake. Yeah, you know that, is,
2: that is one that definitely needs a
1: remake.
4: Yeah. Do you know who's directing it? I'm looking it up now to see if you don't.
1: Uh I don't. This was one I... Macaulay Culkin. Uh, Niels Ardenoplov. Uh I was
4: close. You were close, but no, you weren't, Pat. I'm looking him up because I don't know that name.
1: Uh, oh uh he's a danish director who Shut did the uh reboot of the girl with the dragon tattoo.
4: No, he did the original.
1: Oh, he did the original? Did he? Fincher did the reboot. Mm. You're right. The uh uh poster on this link is wrong.
0: I
4: got to rewatch he, uh, Flatliners now. He he's he's a really solid director. I mean his his movies are all built around character and um it's it's the action that's in it is minimal, but um he also did uh what was the name of that movie? Dead Man Down, which uh was Colin Firth and um who's the guy from Empire, that show that's on now. I can't think of his name. He Terrence was the original Howard? Yes. And Terrence Howard. It's not the best movie in the world, but it's it's really well done. And um I I think he's a good choice for directing this.
1: Yeah, and they've got Kiefer Sutherland coming back.
4: In yeah. the same role?
1: Uh I don't know. Uh, he's credited as Nelson and I don't remember the characters. Yes. Oh, so they're gonna Absolutely.
4: tie it in. He's oh, coming
1: back uh, as a mentor, yeah. Yeah, he's coming back playing the same part.
4: Oh. See, I, I like I like that whole concept of not necessarily the reboot as a new uh a new telling of the same story, but a carrying on of what happened before.
2: Like Ghostbusters did.
4: Interesting. What?
2: <laughs> like Ghostbusters did. That was not a retelling; it was a carrying on.
0: I want to see Oliver Platt
4: back too. <clears throat> I, I I wouldn't agree with that, Pat.
2: What do you mean you wouldn't agree with that? They did; they had actual like tributes to the original Ghostbusters. Right, but
4: movie. it it wasn't in the same universe. Right. It wasn't in the same universe.
2: They did was, the original
1: Ghostbuster There was
4: no Ghostbusters original. There was no original Ghostbusters that they were modeling their.
1: Yeah, watch it again, Pat. He he's got you. He's yeah. It was sort of a reboot, but they had uh, sort of cameos from the original actors.
4: Right.
2: Oh, I see what you're saying.
4: It wasn't all in right. the same world where Ghostbusters already existed.
2: They, yeah, No, I'm thinking about the painting that they had in City Hall, you know, but that didn't really say anything about the go. Okay,
0: all right,
4: fine.
0: All right. <clears throat> Back up to the top. I do not know why I am excited about this, because when they were popular, I was in high school. But every time I see the trailer, I get, I get more amped for it. But the Power Rangers movie coming out.
1: There's something about the Japanese Super Sentai that like, we were all a little too old to be into them when they came to like afternoon kids TV. Mm-hmm. But I've gone back and watched them and as campy and corny and cheesy as they are, those shows have something special about them.
0: Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's got the, I, everyone wants to be part of a super team, you know? And I I just want to be
4: left alone. Pat <laughs> wants to be left alone with his megazord. Patrick's a Peace Ranger. Arr, arr.
0: Who's this this kind of like purplish kind of green? What is that? Nah, that's for Pat. Um, but I think the number one thing that I'm excited about is Zordon being played by Brian Cranston. Um Yeah, the villains are top notch. Oh, Elizabeth Banks is Rita Repulsa. Absolutely. Yeah and she looks really good in the in the trailer when she's like floating above um you,
2: you've done something to make when you could make her unattractive
0: <laughs> no and they didn't <laughs> not really it I depends i don't know about all that i don't know I, if you're into that sort of thing yeah, i am yeah.
5: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, awesome. I
1: think that, uh, the other thing that helped me get hyped for a reboot of Power Rangers was the unofficial fan Power Rangers with Katie Sackhoff. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys saw it. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Yeah, before it got pulled down. But like, it, it was the whole like years after the Power Rangers. A lot of them were dead, and it told the story of what had happened. And like, it kind of invested me in the world and uh, made – Prepared me for like seeing it with fresh eyes as an adult.
4: Yeah, that was cool. Yeah,
0: and it's also uh, one of the things like when we went to go see um, Rogue One, and the the trailer for it came up, and Suzanne sitting next to me, and she she also she looks at me and she's like, "Why are you excited about this?" I'm like, "I,", I and I, I don't know. And you're like, "Why aren't you?" Yeah, exactly. Touche. So Patrick, what's your next one?
2: Um. My next one. Oh yeah, the six billion dollar man, billion with a B. Inflation's a bitch. Um, it's going to star Mark Wahlberg as the six billion dollar man.
4: Huh? i yeah. going to say uh, Dwayne Johnson, but <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, they would have to pay him six billion dollars
1: to come. To TV. <laughs> Mark no. Wahlberg as Dwayne Johnson as the six <laughs> billion dollar man.
2: So yeah, I'm not. Um, I, actually, I think this is a movie, not not a TV show. I right. It, but yeah, um, they're they're already talking about they're going to be doing uh, the Bionic Woman spinoff of this and everything. So they're starting a whole new franchise with the the whole $6 billion, six billion dollar man Bionic Woman thing.
0: As long as they use the uh, sound effect when he lifts stuff.
2: <laughs>
0: I had a I had a six million dollar man uh, action figure.
2: Oh yeah, so with well, his head, yeah, you know, and look through his eye. Yeah, look, had a little magpie. Oh, yeah,
0: and then you push the button on his back, and it came with that like engine came like the
1: uh, (laughs) (laughs) one of my earliest, earliest action adventure kind of sci-fi shows, because I was very young when this uh, aired. But since it was one of the biggest things on TV, my parents watched it Mm -hmm. and immediately captured my uh, my imagination, even at that young age.
2: Yep. It was a fascinating show for a kid.
1: One of the coolest things I
0: remember about the action figure was that, remember he used to, he had, like, on his arm, he had that, like, uh, that skin that you could roll up and see all the electronics under his arm?
1: Yeah. Yep. That was... Scary. Oh, yeah, and didn't he have a clear chest plate and you could see his heart beating? Yep. God, man, we That
0: was we awesome had, toy. Yeah, we just, <laughs> like, we had some awesome toys, man. Ah, all right, now we where didn't are we We
5: not need at? no
2: Xbox?
0: No, it's, we got a, we got a clicky... Action figure. (laughs) Clicky action figure.
2: Or the evil Knievel one that you just pulled the ripcord and he went flying across the room. Oh Oh, man.
0: I had the uh, one with the air compressor. You remember that one? He put him up at the STI or whatever it was called. You put him at the top of the ramp and you pump it full of air and you flip it and you zing and then fall in the sewer. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that fucking sucked. All right. (laughs) All right.
4: (laughs) Joel, bring us up. Yes. So, uh, as my third choice here, if we don't get to a fourth, um, is we're getting to a fourth. (laughs) All right. Is, uh, is Death Wish. Eli Roth is directing a remake of the Charles Bronson classic series of films, which, uh, was about Paul Kersey, a rogue architect whose family is, uh, murdered and his daughter is savaged and, um, he, uh, takes vengeance starring Bruce Willis with uh, Vincent D'Onofrio and Elizabeth Shue, which I know would make Pat happy.
2: Yeah. I mean, I was out until Elizabeth shoe.
4: So I'm curious to see how he takes it because in the, in the original film, the first one, it's not an action movie. It's, it's a vigilante story, but it's, it's not necessarily an action film, which Bruce Willis is typically known for, but he's capable of doing serious drama. So I'm curious to see if they follow that kind of lighter on the action more on the drama side of it, or if they go more towards like uh, part three where he's just going on an all out war against street crime in New York, but you think they'll bring um, uh, Jeff Goldblum walking back,
2: around, walking around blowing away vigilantes on the subway and shit.
4: Right. With a uh, rocket launcher. Um, I don't know, but <laughs> if he did, I mean, that would he wouldn't be able to play the same character. <laughs>
1: I mean it'd be sweet just to see this with modern pacing because as much as I love Death Wish it's got some serious 70s pacing.
4: Oh for sure. Well, and as I got further into it it just got more and more ridiculous, but Eli Roth typically does, you know, more horror and more well not even not even horror but he does more like um realistic shock. The, well, not not always, but his stuff is based in in a reality. It's not like supernatural, it's not you know, there's a masked killer that's going around that can't die. I mean, it's people put in situations that they don't want to be in. It's more like survival horror, kind of. And so to see him take on this type of film, I mean, the closest thing he's done so far is maybe Knock Knock, which that's a remake and is a little uh a little bit silly. So uh I'm curious, you know, it's it's got enough going for it that I'm more than anxious to check it out.
1: All right. Where are we at now? Josh, Josh. Uh yeah, let's let's talk about Blade Runner twenty forty nine, <laughs> shall we? <laughs> yeah, let's forget about it. Oh fuck you.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I did see that Mr. T is also into this one.
1: I mean this, I yeah, I, this <laughs> is so exciting because even though it's technically a sequel, I mean we're getting to see the Blade Runner universe come back and we've got a great cast, Robin Wright, Ryan Gosling, of course Harrison Ford coming back to play Rick Deckard, uh Dave Batista again, Jared Leto.
0: Mm-hmm. I have my my big fear for this year is that this sucks. Oh, that would be so that,
1: awful. That would
0: be terrible. And I am just like, it, it, The trailer, the everything about it just screams good. Good stuff. I mean, it's just looks like it picks up right where it leaves off. I'm glad they're not doing the Harrison Ford characters now played by a different person, but they're going with the old, uh, Blade Runner, you know, the guy who's. But remember
2: just... how good the trailer to Pixels was?
0: No. No, I don't. Not at all.
4: <laughs> it's. I've been,
2: been di- trying to crush your dreams. That's all.
4: It's being directed oh. by, by Dallas who, um, you may not know his name, but he did Prisoners with, uh, Hugh Jackman and um, Jake Gyllenhaal, mm-hmm. which was intense. And then he just yeah, recently—that
2: really was, was a very intense
4: movie. Uh, he did the—he uh, did Arrival, the one that's just like blowing up the box office like oh, crazy. Oh
5: yeah.
4: Um. So I mean, he's he's very very capable of of pulling this off and making it because all of his movies are very well done. Uh, but oh the yeah, Otero he
1: also did Sicario with a uh, Benicio del Toro and Josh yep. Brolin. Oh, oh really? Wow. Yeah. No, I'm excited. I'm I'm all in. Yeah, I think he's
4: a a nice uh, choice for Ridley Scott replacement. Yeah. And, Josh,
0: let me know when you go see it.
1: Oh, yeah. (laughs) This this is probably going to be a, if not opening night, opening weekend for sure.
0: Oh, completely. All right. Now swing back up top to me. Kong Skull Island. I'm a huge fan of giant monster movies. Uh, Pacific Rim, uh, Mm -hmm. Cloverfield, Godzilla. I love this sort of thing. And this one... Betty White yeah. is in that. Shut yeah. up. Yeah. Let's go with it. Let's, <laughs> let's. L-
2: giant, giant alligator. That's yeah. a
0: giant monster. No, I'm down. I mean, it's, I, giant monster movies are, are one of my things. And this one, the cast, we've got, uh, Tom Hiddleston, Samuel Jackson, John Goodman, and then, uh, uh Brie Larson. Uh, and then, have you guys seen the trailer for it?
1: Oh, yeah. I, several I, times now.
0: And then John C. Riley tossed in there. Um, Just looks fantastic. Uh, I mean, and and I think the ad the addition of John C. Riley is genius. He steals every scene he's in in the trailer. Yeah. Yep. I call them skullwalkers. Why do you call them skullwalkers? Well, I've never said it out loud until now. So you call them whatever you want because it sounds kind of stupid now. You know. It just, I mean, or, or at the very end where he's like, you're a b- good bunch of guys. We're all going to die together. You, you shouldn't have come here. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's every movie he's in. though. He, well, yeah, I, I know he's John C. Riley. He's going to steal the scene, but I think instead of it being like the, um, uh, the, the Jackson, uh, Re- King Kong from, uh, 2003, four, whenever it was instead of having that, I mean, they had Jack black, which was kind of like the, the, the levity to it. But this, I think is going to be a totally different animal. And I'm just super excited about it. So,
1: yeah, I hope it's going to be as good as it looks.
0: Yeah. Again, there's always that 1% in the back of my head. That's like, it could suck.
1: So we've got from here on out, we've got a couple of almost honorable mentions. Yep. Um, Uh, I've got two. One is basically because of the cast and the other one. It uh, looks interesting, but it might suck. uh, Since it looks like you guys have got each one, I'm going to jump ahead. Okay. Uh, I threw Murder on the Orient Express not just because it's a classic story that is awesome every time it's told, but listen to this cast. Uh, You've got uh, Leslie Odom Jr., Michael Pena, Judy Dench, Kenneth Branagh, Penelope Cruz, Michelle Pfeiffer, Johnny Depp, Daisy Ridley. Whoa, yeah, that's That's it. Well, no, there's those are. (laughs) I picked out all of the like best known. You've also got Lucy Boynton's going to be one of the main roles, but probably haven't seen her in much of anything. Wow. Josh Gad, who you uh, would recognize him? Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's in it as well. Well, I hope so. I mean, so it's, yeah, this is looking like j- just off of that cast and knowing the familiar story, I'm really looking forward to this.
0: And then Joel, you had one more. You had your your wild card on there.
4: Well, I wasn't quite sure uh, about it, and but it's one that I think we could have predicted, which uh, is the Jumanji remake. Actually, I, actually, it's a sequel technically. Um, but Jake Castan's directing, who did. Uh Bad Teacher and Dewey Cox, the walk hard. Uh it's primarily a comedic director. Mm-hmm. You've got Dwayne Johnson in the lead with Karen Gillen from Guardians of the Galaxy and Doctor Who. Yeah. So it could be fun, and you know, Dwayne Johnson's in it. it's gonna be decent for sure.
0: Yeah, I mean it's again, it's Dwayne Johnson joint. You know, let's let's see where that goes. I mean, honestly, sure, why not? I mean, and now, do you think Dwayne Johnson is he cast to play the Robin Williams role,
4: or is he playing the hunter?
2: Well, I think I'm it's sure he's going to be the Robin Williams role.
4: It's it's a carrying forward of the story, so I think they're taking a it's a different. I'll go a on different with a different, different way with it. Right, like new people that found the game. <clears throat> okay, and I'm not 100 percent sure, but I know it's not it's not a remake per se, as it is a continuation.
0: Okay, and then I have a W T F on this one. 2017 is seeing a remake of Drop Dead Fred with Russell
1: Brand. That is, that's just weird, because that's one of those movies that wasn't all that good the first time around.
2: It's got a little bit of a cult following now, though.
1: Yeah.
0: 1991's Drop Dead Fred starring Phoebe Cates and Rick, Rick
4: Mayall? Rick Mayall from the new, the young ones.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's right. He was... Rick. Rick.
4: Yep, That's true.
0: Um, On oh, The Young Ones. Yeah. Have you ever seen The Young Ones, Pat? Yes. Okay, good. I'm impressed. Uh, I actually took my then-girlfriend, Pam, out to see this at the theater. <laughs> and it w- it was after we walked out. I vaguely, it was years. I mean, we're talking like a long time ago, 91. But I remember coming out of the theater, and she just kind of looked at me, shook her head, and walked away
1: never saw her again.
0: Yeah. <laughs> off. the way home. Yeah. No. No, it was just one of those like what the hell was that about? But uh but no, I don't I don't I don't understand why they would even think that this one needs to be
1: remade. Well, as Pat said, it's got a bit of a cult following some of yeah. which you can attribute to Homestuck because it's one of the films that in that long-running webcomic comes up again and again.
0: Yeah, but I I Okay. So for the homes, um, the homestuck viewers, you know they can. There's
1: a lot of them. Yeah.
2: yeah and, and, I mean there are a lot of uh, females that like that movie because it did have a strong female lead, which a lot of you know movies didn't. One that you know for at the time, like in the nineties, in the eighties, whatever. I don't know. I, I I know I've had like three ex-girlfriends that liked Drop Dead Fred.
1: Weird.
0: Yeah. You have three ex-girlfriends. That's strange.
2: I have many more than that, but yeah. I don't have any current ones. They're all X's.
0: Well, that makes totally more sense. Um,
1: All right. (laughs) Before we close this out, uh, I put it at the bottom because I'm not sure it's either going to be amazing or terrible, but they're remaking Stephen King's It.
2: I am excited for it.
1: (sighs) Yeah. I mean, I uh, like the casting of Bill Skarsgård as Pennywise. And And the
2: stills look amazing. His
1: costume is fantastic. Uh, you got Finn Wolfhard from uh, Stranger Things as uh, Motormouth Richie Tozier, mm-hmm. And uh, if they're changing the, – I don't want to say they're updating it, but they're making it more relevant to people our age. Instead of the flashback to when they were kids being in the 60s, it's going to be the 80s. So the, when it comes to the modern day when they're all adults, it's going to be now-ish. I
0: ho- I hope so. I mean, it's another one of those that – I mean cuz it's so the it's there was the book there was the TV show you know the mini series mhm and all and the mini series while I thought I thought it was all right but I mean if they there was no way that well, they were nothing, going to be able to do
2: it Nothing is ever going to be top notch with Richard Thomas as your lead
0: Well plus you can't exactly do what hap- the the plot of it on TV either
1: that's <laughs> uh, yeah there're going to be elements that are too violent, too sexual. I, I honestly don't think we're going to see everything straight from the book in the new movie. Hmm. No. So, Stephen, uh, but I'm, there's always
2: something that has to be left out of Stephen King's books.
1: Right. Adaptations. And, and yeah. don't get me wrong. I liked Tim Curry, but I thought he was kind of scenery chewing and I'd like to see another actor get a crack at Pennywise.
0: Hmm. And I think this Pennywise looks, I mean, this, like you said, the stills are freaking terrifying. Yeah. Yeah, if I Have saw the if one I looks
2: like he's floating in the pipe.
0: Yep, if I saw that coming down the street at me, I would. I'm not lying. I would flip my shit.
2: Yeah, that's why people dressed up as scary clowns got just shot in the head. <laughs> because you don't fuck with scary clowns. Don't don't pretend to be a scary clown if you don't want to get shot.
0: Yeah, I know. I mean, that's, that's a very healthy fear. I've said it before. I mean, honestly, you
2: better be a paranormal fucking clown if you're coming at somebody.
0: Yeah, the 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 hierarchy of fear goes from fire to clowns and that's it goes all the way back to the you know to the original uh, original humans just be like hey you know what check that guy out he put paint on his face fuck him kill it <laughs>
2: and if you throw a burning clown in Mike forget it
0: oh no I'm done <laughs> ultimate fear yeah the end I'm out I'm gone so but yeah so uh Josh what do we got uh, coming up for next week
1: next week we are finally gonna take a look at Tremors yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm not as excited about it as Mike and Joel are, but I, I'm much more excited about it than Patrick is. I Tremors,
0: 1990. If you you you, you look at it for what it is—a big cheese ball movie—then you you don't get too disappointed. <laughs> now, now I'm grateful that Tremors has been giving Fred Ward a career, but <laughs> it's. I, I just, I, guess is one of my- Moore, you
2: mean Michael Gross?
0: Fred, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Michael Gross, I'm sorry. Fred Ward was in-
2: Fred Ward was in, uh, um, Father
0: Knows Best. Oh, that's right. He wasn't in the second one? No, okay, yeah.
1: In any case, right? Um, if uh, you want to give us a call, maybe uh, you want to yell at us for not mentioning the last Starfighter in the first half of the show, or you're like, how could you possibly not have talked about Blah, some remake that it was a critical oversight? Oh, give i totally a watch a remake of Blah. <laughs> give <laughs> us a call at 708-NOW-RAP. That's seven zero eight six six nine nine seven two seven.
0: 669
2: 9727 Yes. It's the, it, it's the Annie
1: McDowell biopic Blah. Oh. <laughs> <Aww. laughs> Aw, poor Andy.
2: She should learn to act instead of just being pretty.
1: So, if you'd like to hear Patrick complain about things that are great, you can always uh, check out our archives on iTunes, Blueberry, Stitcher, and Talk other fine podcasting directories.
0: Mm-hmm. And if you'd like to uh, get in touch with us in an otherwise non vocal way, you can email us at 40Go14 at gmail.com or find us on Facebook and Twitter. Just look for 40Go14.
5: I keep this up yeah <laughs>